Support for today's Heat Treat Radio episode is provided by Solving the Four Most Common Metal Cleaning Challenges in Heat Treatment, a webinar sponsored by Hubbard Hall and SafeChem, being held on February 2nd from 11 to noon Eastern Standard Time. Find out more at www.heattreattoday.com slash webinar. Welcome to Heat Treat Radio, and thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Doug Glenn, publisher of Heat Treat Today. Stick around until the end of today's podcast to learn more about eight special editions being published by Heat Treat Today this year. All eight of these print and digital issues will be of significant importance to you and or your colleagues. Be sure to stick around. For now, let's jump into today's conversation. We're here today with Thomas Wingens, who is no stranger to Heat Treat today. Uh, Thomas is the owner, founder, and president of Wingens International Industry Consultancy. And you can learn more about uh, his business, Thomas's business, at wingens.com. I just want to say, Thomas, welcome to Heat Treat Radio. Thank you, uh, Doug. Uh, hello <laughs> from Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah, very good. Yes. Yeah, and as we're still in the midst of COVID here, we're all hunkered down in our own uh, our own barracks, so to speak. So Thomas is in Pittsburgh, and I'm just about an hour north of Pittsburgh. So anyhow, we're, we're doing fine. So the last time, Thomas, we spoke with you, believe it or not, uh, that we did a radio episode was in October of, of uh, 2016. And we were talking about some top of the mountain type things, right? We were the, the, the episode was called Mega Trends with Thomas Wingens. And we were talking about some very, very broad categories of mega trends going on in the heat treat industry, which, by the way, has been one of the top listened to uh, episodes that we've had. So I recommend it to other people. It's even though it's 2016, much of what was said in that episode is still very much worth listening to. So please go back and listen to that. But today, Thomas, you and I need to get down off of the mountain, off of the 30,000 foot elevation. We need to get down into, we want to talk about a very specific topic today, and that is parts cleaning or parts washing. Um, you just recently completed a uh, a completed participation in a webinar, I know, which I'd like to ask you about a little bit, uh, about parts cleaning for a company called Hubbard Hall. So I want to touch on that for a little bit. And then I've got several different questions for you about parts cleaning. So first off, tell us about that webinar. How did it go? Was it was it uh, well attended? And, uh, and uh, what was your impression of it? Yeah, um that was well intended. Uh, thanks to you, Doug. Uh, you did a, w- a wonderful job promoting it on your website, E3 Today. And uh, we had uh, a, a broad spectrum of um, listeners and uh, very specific questions after the webinar. Um, and uh, broad because uh, international uh, audience we could from, from North America, but also from Europe. Uh, but also brought in a sense of uh, different applications. And um, washing and cleaning is indeed, it's, it's a broad spectrum because everything uh, what is uh, contaminated needs to be cleaned for various purposes. Um, here it is 
uh, in our discussion today is very is a, is a niche, right? Uh-huh. Um, for, just for the heat treat industry. That's what we want to talk about today. Right, right. That's exactly right. And it's and really, parts cleaning can take part can can come either you know before heat treat, after heat treat, both. You know, it can be it can be all over. Before we jump into the specifics, though, about uh, some of the newer technology. It might help some of our listeners if you could give us an ever so brief overview of the past. What what have we dealt with? What has been the the state of washing and cleaning in the heat treat industry? Well, the the as much as the heat treating is a necessity, the washing and cleaning in the heat treat or for the heat treat is even more so a necessity. You like to avoid if possible because it costs money. And not necessarily people see the value add. Um, you know, uh, you cannot, uh, you're selling as a heat treater, you're selling the hardness of the material as a value add, but not necessarily uh, that parts are clean. That's not your main focus. But it is a necessity uh, which uh, over the years uh, got uh, received more and more attention for various reasons. Um, so why do you clean parts? Well, um, obviously, you want to have the, the, the cleanliness of the appearance of a part also reflects the quality of a part. Um, so, but also to, technologically, um, you, you need to clean it uh, to avoid um, flaking of the, the stop-off paint uh, when you do a, a carburizing, for instance. Uh, but uh, with the rise of the nitriding and nitrofluoritic uh, nitrocarburizing in the industry and the higher demands on the very predictable um, nitriding layers, uh, it is so important to clean it. And it's so difficult because it's a low-temperature process and uh, uh, people don't necessarily see it unless they cut it, uh, look at the microsample and they see spotty nitriding layers and uh, they're hard to come by and uh, that can be a big claim. But also um, commonly, of course, in other industries like brazing, uh, you obviously have problems with wetting uh, of, uh, of the parts of the brazer filler metal if the parts are not clean. Uh, or powder metal industry uh, analysis, um, it's very difficult to clean. So there, are, it really depends on what process uh, you're looking at within the heat treat, and uh, that determines um, the, the, clean, uh, the cleaning of the, uh, of the parts. Historically, um, to answer your question, uh, it was a very simple thing. Uh, you know, um, you, you cleaned, you have a washing machine very often in your um Let's look at, at atmosphere heat treating for now. You have uh, the parts come in after machining, and you have some uh, lubricants, cutting fluids, drawing, uh, deep drawing materials, uh, 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 fluids uh, um, that need to be removed before heat treating. Uh, and in atmosphere heat treating, that's a fairly easy task because if you have some residue, usually it burns off, and uh, that's okay. Uh, but then after the oil quenching, you have obviously quench oil on the part. And um, if you don't clean it well, uh, your temper furnace, the following tempering process, uh, you, you will um, have a lot of smoke. And um, 
so you need to wash it uh, before tempering, um, and that you usually have a, a water-based uh, alkaline washing machine uh, with a simple uh, belt skimmer, and uh, that's how it was done, and it still is done for, for many years. But, you know, back in the days, the, the, um, it was much simpler. Like 30 years ago, 25 years ago, uh, in our heat treat show, um, in, that was very, you know, it started when the, the material you had on the surface of these parts became more difficult. You know, environmental friendly cutting fluids uh, uh, based on, on different salts or whatever, they, they were very hard to remove on one hand. And customers, you know, furnaces got tighter. So, you know, back in the days, people were happy when parts were not black uh, and had no scale. But furnaces, atmosphere furnaces got tighter, better controls, and uh, customers' expectations were higher. So they, they want to have clean parts, right, and uh, with no stains. And um, so uh, the, uh, the way to get it, you had to make sure that you fully remove all the oils, and uh, after, especially after the quenching. So I went to the oil quench manufacturer. Usually that's what you do because they understand uh, you know, their oil and how to remove that oil. So the quench oil, like the Houghtons of this world. And... Um, so they, that helped a lot to, to uh, adjust the uh, alkaline water-based washer, but taking, removing the oil out of the, the water solvent was difficult sometimes. And um, so there are different skimmer technologies and all that. Uh, that certainly helped, but it, uh, it comes to a limit, uh, especially, and now it's getting a little bit more difficult, when you have parts which, which are, uh, you know, dense, uh, it's like stamp parts which are sticking to right. each other, you know. Yeah. Uh, it depends on how you dense you load it. So the, the geometry of the part is uh, very crucial. If, if you have uh, scooping uh, parts which uh, carry on the oil, um, or uh, if you have single endlet holes, uh, so... Um, then, then it becomes a little bit more tricky. And to remove these oils, um, either before heat treating or after quenching, uh, is, is much more sophisticated and uh, more challenging. And uh, so we were looking into, uh, back then, uh, into a different washing machine. And, uh, and, that's, and then you really open up a can of worms. <laughs> yeah, 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 right, right. Um, because you you, uh, you will uh, confront it with a lot of questions uh, uh, from from the um, uh, washing machine manufacturer, and so and you really have to uh, learn your lessons uh, how to clean and what's out there in the market, and then you get that sticker shock and and uh, you're, you're, you know how expensive everything can be. And uh, so that, that's when the homework really starts. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about that. I mean, let's, let's put ourselves in the shoes of a, of a manufacturer who has his own in-house heat treat line, let's say, and he's, he, he either has a washing system now or is looking to get one. He, he definitely has some pain points. I mean, he's got things that he's thinking about, things that potentially are keeping him up at night, uh, 
what what might be some of those things? I mean, what might be some of the? And you've you've probably hit on some of them already, Thomas. But you know, in a nutshell, what what are these guys worried about, and what do we need to be thinking about when we're thinking about uh, uh, purchasing and or using a, a a clean a parts cleaner, parts washer? Well, the benefit of an in-house heat treating uh, is that they know usually what they put on the surface of the material. Uh-huh. So. They have a, a, a commercial heat treater. It's a much different story. It's much more complex because they get this various different um, contaminations. The in-house, they usually know their cutting fluids and uh, their corrosion protection, their forming, forming lubricants. And uh, so I, I think that's how you, how you start. You, you need to know what you put on the surface first. And... Um, and then you're much better off uh, to know uh, how to remove it. So um, if if you know what you put on, uh, then you need to uh, then then how to remove it uh, is is a matter of uh, to to have the right cleaner system, and um, the right cleaner system needs to be uh, run in in a in the right equipment, and the um, and the application time and the temperature altogether gives you the desired results. Um, most people um, uh, don't do it that way, uh, to tell you the truth. Um, they have a system, and um, they either w- live with this, or um, and, and they accept this, and they get later on sometimes um, the the results in, in, in technical uh, results. It is, it's very hard um, to see the effect because it's not so defined, not so obvious sometimes. So to answer your question is, uh, it is not necessarily uh, a pain point which which is very uh, present. It's something which comes up in the late in, in the, at the later time when you get claims and uh, when you see oh there is some. Um, uh, nitriding layer, which is not um, uh, as expected. Oh, why do we have the spotty surface? Or why why do we have prob- problems with our equipment? Uh, because that's another thing, you know. Or why do we have uh, spotty uh, carburizing layers and all that? So uh, you know, it's not always detectable uh, uh, that it is a washing issue. And uh, so that that usually comes very, uh, you know, when the big claim uh, in the later stages when parts are used and when parts are in in, in the uh, in the final assembly and and out there for many years maybe, uh, then it usually comes up at a much later point, and that makes it so uh, risky. And uh, so uh, that's why people uh, should pay more attention to this because it can solve problems they're not necessarily aware of. At this right, point. right, right. Can cause it can cause problems that, that you're not aware of. So, so let's talk a little bit about the because uh, obviously since the since you know 20 years ago I'm sure the technology for parts cleaning parts washing has advanced. Again, we don't talk a lot about it here on Heat Treat today, but it is an integral part of the Heat Treat process, so I want to spend more time on it. So what might be some of the more notable recent advances 
in parts cleaning, parts washing technology? It is manifold. Let's let's look at um, nitriding, atmosphere heat treating, and vacuum heat treating, which are the most common processes. And every process has the different um, uh, points to address. Uh, in, in atmosphere heat treating, um, uh, you want to make sure that you have clean parts before you temper and then um, that's for the most part it's, it is simpler uh, if uh, but if you have high expectations um, you you're uh, maybe want to look into uh, a solvent cleaner but for the most part uh, you you might be happy with an aqueous uh, alkaline uh, cleaning system um, and it really depends on the, the parts you have and uh, the desired outcome uh, for the vacuum heat treaters uh, you, uh, the vacuum is, is a cleaning machine by itself. So, yes, it is. Yeah, <laughs> you, that's right. So um, the, uh, the all, you, you protect your investments by <laughs> the pump, the vacuum pump, and, and your vacuum levels if you clean them up front. Uh, and um, but the the nitriding, uh, it, it sure is uh, a, a very hot topic these days. And uh, I have personally tried a lot of different uh, washing media, and I have to tell you, um, uh, there is today, I mean, um, let's go back a little bit. It was easy in the past because we all used uh, trichloroethylene, perchloroethylene in the past, open bath. That's not environmental or health friendly. So that caused a lot of trouble back in the days. And you could clean everything, yeah, everything. It was easy, simple, cheap. But I, 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 I did it myself. I mean, I worked a lot on this open trichloroethylene, and uh, uh, that, that is not what you want to do um, to protect your people and your health. Uh, so um, a good solution today uh, to really address the various uh, contaminations and the broad spectrum uh, are uh, modified alcohols. So they're environmental friendly on one hand, and um, they can cover uh, or, uh, uh, nonpolar, uh, mean oil and grease contaminations, and also polar, uh, water solvable emulsions and salts. Um, so they have a very uh, wide uh, spectrum of cleaning organic and inorganic contaminations, and um, so and, and um, if you um, have uh, uh, just a like a perchloroethylene uh, cleaner, you may uh, end up with uh, residues uh, which are emulsions, and then have stains and all that, and you wonder why is that not removing because it's a polar contamination, and that's better with water-based uh, cleaning uh, systems. But uh, the modified alcohols, they cover uh, both sides, and um, so you, you will not have stains, and uh, you will uh, get most commonly uh, cooling fluids and corrosion protections uh, taken away at the same time. And, and these modified uh, alcohols, Thomas, these modified alcohols are relatively environmentally and uh, people-friendly? They are. They are. And um, most of all, if you operate them in a, in a closed 
system, uh, then they really shine because uh, you, you don't um, uh, carry out so much. Uh, you keep it all in and it's uh, enclosed and safe uh, so much um, that um, some companies operate these modified alcohol, believe it or not, uh, in an um, uh, atmosphere integral quench line right uh, very close next to an atmosphere uh, open flame um, uh, uh, furnace and uh, but because they are vacuum tight and um, the, uh, the whole system is vacuum tight and they have no residue and, and no um, effluence um, so that that's a very very nice system so it, it's also safe and uh, they have um, also, modern uh, systems, they can tilt the load, you know, they not only can flush and rinse and uh, 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 dry it, but they also can tilt a little bit. So uh, if you have scooping parts or if you have single-ended holes, um, uh, then, then you get um, all the uh, residual um, solvent out. So you're and, talking uh, about the, 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 the ma there's material handling inside of the, inside of the washer or the cleaning right. system that actually will oscillate the basket, perhaps rotate it a bit so that it's dumping out any extras and any extra liquids or anything of that sort. Exactly. Gotcha. Exactly. Mm -hmm. That's important, yes. Okay, great. Any other any other advances in technologies that we should that we should know about? Uh, well it it has uh, what it has uh, progressed and uh, it, it really depends uh, what what materials and what uh, uh, geometry and size parts you have, um, uh, and, and some are very hard to clean. And the uh, um, it, it goes on both sides, you know. Um, uh, on the uh, corrosion protection, deep drawing materials, you know, when you have special deep drawn parts, they have uh, phosphors and sulfur additives, and uh, they work themselves into the surface. And they're very hard to be removed. And if you don't uh, remove them, you will receive uh, spotty nitriding uh, layers and um, and uh, the recovery of, of the uh, media. I think that's that's an important part to mention. Uh, that has changed quite a bit. Uh, you see, uh, when you um, all the washing machines usually clean well, or most of them <laughs> clean well day one. Yeah, yeah, and and over time, um, uh, they they uh, they fade. Uh, you know, it's it's um, the cleaning results will change, and um, and uh, in, in a lot of systems, uh, like especially phosphates and sulfurs, they accumulate, and uh, so and they they it's a, it's a chemical plant, and they have new reactions. So it's it's uh, the the treatment. And the um, uh, recovery of the solvent, that's a very important part. And I think that has changed quite a bit over the last uh, years so that, the, uh, that they have sensor technology, that they fully control this, and they have a fully enclosed system, uh, which is safe uh, and environmental and, and uh, safe. Um, and, uh, and it fully controls uh, the status of the cleaning agent, whatever that is, and you know exactly um, what to do uh, to uh, reclaim it or to readjust it. 
and uh, that technology, I think, has, um, I would say, the last uh, 10 years um, uh, got much better. And uh, so you have um, a steady, a clean outcome of the surface of the part. When we return, Thomas is going to share what questions you should ask when buying new cleaning equipment. But first, where are you going to go to learn more about heat treat parts cleaning? Let me make a suggestion. On February 2nd, from 11 to noon Eastern Standard Time, Hubbard Hall and SafeChem, along with today's podcast speaker, Thomas Wingens, and two other speakers, will be presenting a webinar that should be right up your alley. Solving the four most common metal cleaning challenges in heat treatment is your next best opportunity to learn more. The specifics of this webinar include residual contamination leading to insufficient hardening, nitriding, and brazing results, surface stains on the finished product, inconsistent cleaning process, and high cleaning costs due to high consumption of cleaning agents. After participating in this webinar, you'll understand the causes behind these problems and learn to evaluate the key factors that can make or break your cleaning process, which may directly impact the quality of your heat treatment. Find out more about this webinar by going to www.heattreattoday.com safe chem webinar. There's no spaces. It's just safe chem webinar. Now, let's hear Thomas's advice to buyers. Let's move on, Thomas, to a question that I think will be helpful to the listeners, especially if they're considering uh, purchasing, upgrading uh, current equipment or purchasing new equipment. And I don't know if you've got this in bullet form or not, but I know a lot of people appreciate, okay, what, what do I need to be asking if I'm getting ready to purchase a new piece of equipment? Uh, what, what are the questions uh, that, that I should be asking either of my team in the, in the shop, you know, in the, on the heat treat line or wherever, or to the manufacturers of these washing, cleaning uh, uh, pieces of equipment? What, what are some of the questions? Well, you, you, of course you need to know, um, there are some, the simple question is, you know, what is the material you have? Um, what, you know, material, uh, the size, um, you, you know, and that, that is maybe something you don't want to maybe cover 100% of your uh, parts uh, because it doesn't, you know, if you have uh, that eight foot gear and the five ton die uh, once a year, you don't necessarily size your, your cleaning machine for that part, right? So you, then you take a t- piece of cloth and, and, and a spray bottle and, and you do it that way. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, but, um, uh, you, you should clean, you know, you should look like for 80% of, of, of the parts you have, uh, you, you want to have that in line because once you, the corrosion protection is off, you know, you should treat it. Um, of course, you need to know what, uh, what you want to remove. Yeah, and, and in-house heat treat that's easier uh, because you, you know uh, you have the uh, list of um, material uh, and cutting fluids you have. So that that's you have to have that on your hand, and then you you know what is your expectation on the outcome, and that is difficult because there is not a real measure like the hardness, right? Uh, it's it's uh, it's not uh, sixty five 
uh, something. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so it, to determine to determine the uh, the surface cleanliness, that is really hard, and uh, to have that consistently over time. And then, of course, um, uh, it's the pain point cost, right? I mean, you you want to, and I have seen this uh, a lot that. Uh, 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 that, that's what uh, my really a big advice is. Uh, they people should not cut corners and start on the low end and work their way up, because that that's a typical scheme that that is happening so often that people say, okay, let's try the cheaper version, and uh, then they found out after years it did not work, and they have to upgrade, and they have um, you know claims and all that. And they have to invest again, and and these these things. So um, I, I think the um, uh, it, it pays off uh, to have the pain once. Yeah, yeah no, <laughs> you know that's, that is so typical, and it's good advice not just for washing equipment too. So many people do want to start on the cheap end, and then they have a bad experience with the equipment and they say, oh, all these washers are cheap junk. You know, well, that's not necessarily the case. Sometimes you need to. You know, invest like you say. If you're if you're going to get a hit, hit get hit once, and let's get it over with and move on and enjoy life. Exactly, and then the overall the running total cost of ownership, of course. You know um, how much you use of of the solvents and all that. So it's a, it's a it's a whole system you have to look into. Uh, but I, I would always recommend. It's easy to say, uh, but to to better go a step above. Then I go to a step below, because right. it, it's right. not so obvious uh, that that you're having failures due to bad cleaning. Right, right, exactly. That's right. And I'm I'm assuming that if uh, one of our listeners wanted to get that list of questions to ask, they could contact you, and you'd you'd help oh, them yes. out with that. I'm sure. sure. Okay, so let's talk about this then. Um, what uh, if, let's say someone's looking. To again, looking to make something, wants to get a little bit more educated on parts cleaning, parts washing, that type of thing. Do you have any resources that you would recommend that people look into to help start educating themselves? Sure. You know, uh, there are uh, companies, equipment manufacturers, consultants, or like Hobbit Hall with SafeCamp, um, they have a, a broad portfolio. Um, there are independent consultants who can look at the big picture uh, because it, it sure makes a difference on what you want to accomplish and what uh, treatment you have mm-hmm. um, t- to size uh, the, the system right for your purpose. Right, right, good. And then any resources? Well, that that's pro- that probably captures it. I think I was I was looking specifically at you know if you wanted to just learn more generally about parts cleaning. Are there any articles out there and websites? But I think probably these equipment manufacturers are probably yeah. a good good place to start on that as well. Yeah, it, it is not as straightforward as you would look for a furnace. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is uh, because uh, it's it's really niche and uh, um, there are, it's it's you have to dig a little deeper. But once again, we are happy to help here. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and a lot of your furnace manufacturers. Are going to at least know of 
of uh, parts washing suppliers and things of that sort. So they could also help you if you're even with if you've got a good relationship with your furnace manufacturer, they could probably help as well. I will mention this too because I think it could be helpful. Uh, so there are obviously you can Google you know in industrial parts washers. Obviously you don't want to put washing machines in your Google search. That'll get you a lot of stuff you don't want. But if you put industrial parts washing, industrial parts cleaning. You could find out uh, who it is that sells those. Uh, I always recommend, I don't know if those of you who have, know of Thomas, what used to be called Thomas Register, now it's called thomasnet.com. Very, I very highly recommend those people. They, they've got a good, they've really evolved with the times, and I think they've got a good uh, resource of people who uh, could be suppliers. And then also in our very industry uh, is industrial heating, who is actually a competitor of ours, but I, I got to give them credit. They've got a good buyer's guide uh, that has a parts washing section in it. And I would recommend if you would like, you go there. It's industrialheating.com and, and just look for their buyer's guide. It actually has a, has a list. Now, if you're listening to this podcast after June of 2021, then go to Heat Treat Today's Buyer's Guide because we will have one then. So, And we will also have parts washing in there. But those are probably some other good resources uh, to, uh, to access if you're interested. I don't know if you remember back in the day, uh, Abar Ibsen. I used to know the, he was either the president or I think he was the president, Tom Farrell. I don't know if you know Tom or not. Yeah, I do. But they were, they were into vapor degreasers. Right, Okay. Echo clean. Yeah. The, the, tell the tell me about those. Clean. Tell me about those if you know and what they were and how they worked. Uh, um, it was a vacuum cleaner. Uh, uh, it's called uh, was called Echo Clean. You know, um, ecological uh, sound um, cleaning system. So the the Echo Clean uh, vacuum degreaser worked in the way that uh, it you heat it up. Uh, to um, uh, the vapor point of your oil, and uh, with vacuum it evaporated, and the uh, the the oil evaporation got cooled down in, in, and uh, and then uh, captured, condensed uh, out. Okay, it condensed. Yes, uh, in a, in a trap, and uh, that worked really good if you have only one oil. Uh, with a with a defined vapor point, and um, that the this special technique, uh, you know, doesn't work in a commercial heat treat shop necessarily, uh, but it worked really well and was used in powder metal uh, industry. So uh, as as you have sintered parts, uh, they soak up the quench oil. And uh, or the the um, the uh, forming media, so you, um, you could really use it um, to vaporize at a very defined temperature uh, that specific oil. Uh, and the side of another side effect was really nice. Um, you had preheated parts, so it was done after, um, before you went into the sintering. So you had the uh, a decreasing um, of the press media, which was on the surface of the green part, 
and uh, you evaporated, uh, evaporized uh, that oil, and then uh, you took that heat and put it right into the center furnace. And um, that, that worked well in that specific application. But uh, other than that, it's not a broad spectrum cleaner, and it does not address uh, the various contaminations you have on the surface. Right, right. And are they still used? Do you know? Uh, I, I, Aber doesn't sell them anymore. Yeah, okay. But vapor degreasers in general are not necessarily a type of, of yeah, it's, cleaner that are used. Well, I, I think it comes down to the cost uh, of, of the system and, and the value it brings you. So that is not necessarily uh, uh, what, what, what is used today. Okay. All right, good. So second question. Uh, you know, there has been a lot of advancements in technologies and sensors, okay, in, in the heat treat industry as well. My question is, do you know if any parts washing companies are using in situ real time, uh, you know, live loop back uh, type of sensors to clean parts? In other words, can they measure the cleanness of a part and continue washing until it's done? Um, they do measure the cleaning agent. So the yeah, so the the, uh, the cleaning um, uh, detergent uh, is measured in situ and uh, and controlled, and uh, it sends uh, you can see the status at any given time when when uh, you need to take action and uh, uh, recover the system. Let's say. Right and to renew the, to renew the, to the renewed, potency. Yes. Yes. Okay. Right. But as far as actually measuring the cleanness of the part, nothing that we know of at this point is used. Uh, you know, to to actually measure the cleanness of the part. I'm not even sure that's possible. But I was just wondering if it if it was. No, it it, it would require a scanning of the surface, and uh, I I don't uh, I haven't seen that. Okay. Okay. And then my last question for you, before we do a, you know, a wrap-up here, is have you heard of or seen uh, any single-piece flow washing systems that are actually in line with a, you know, like a machining, heat-treating, t- uh, washing, tempering line? Um, not, not uh, well, you have... Uh, uh, one part, no, a single part. I have not heard of. Uh, there are there are continuous washing machines. They usually are water based, and um, they they work well for the most part. Uh, but uh, when you have solvent washers uh, like uh, uh, modified alcohols or uh, hydrocarbons. Um, then um, these are a closed system, you know, very commonly also perchloroethylene. Um, uh, they are closed systems on the vacuum batch style. And, uh, and um, um, if, if you would do this uh, in a single batch, you would just make a small, very small batch. I don't know if you would want to integrate this into a system. But I tell you, usually single parts are much easier clean um, than a batch. 
and uh, especially if if you have uh, you know when you picture it like a lot of washers in a basket right that stick together and um, that that's a much bigger challenge than a single piece right 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 so let me just recommend to the re- to the listeners then that uh, that we do a couple of things. One, I mentioned that back in October 2016, we had another interview with Thomas Wingens of Wingens International Industry Consultancy. It was talking about heat treat megatrends. Recommend that you go to our website, heattreattoday.com, and search for Wingens, W-I-N-G-E-N-S. Uh, you should be able to see that that episode of Heat Treat Radio there. Uh, feel free to, to uh, listen to that. I think it will be very helpful. Also, uh, one other uh, parts cleaning, oil cleaning uh, type episode that we have done on Heat Treat Radio was with a company called SX Oil Lifters. It's a little bit different. It's a removal of oil from quench tanks and things of that sort, but that's in a, on the line of, of cleaning, if you will, at least keeping your quench tank uh, clean. Uh, and that was done in uh, July of 2018. Again, if you just if you go and search for SX oil lifters, you should see that episode as well. So Thomas, thank you very much. I think it's been very informative. Uh, we will in fact include your contact information uh, as we as we wrap up, but uh, thank you very much for your time. Appreciate your expertise. Well, thank you very much, uh, Doug. Uh, it was a pleasure to be once again on the show, but I think we need to upgrade the uh, the outlook, uh, <laughs> the trends <laughs> after four years. Uh, I think and yeah. after COVID, trends have changed for, uh, for sure. Well, you know, once every four years is probably all you can take of me, Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> we hope you enjoyed today's Heat Treat Radio episode. In just a few weeks, we'll talk to Thomas Wingens again this time about ferritic nitrocarburizing. Go to www.heattreattoday.com slash radio and search for Wingens to find that future episode when it is in fact published. And Wingens is spelled W-I-N-G-E-N-S. If you'd like to get in contact with Thomas Wingens, email him at thomas at wingens, W-I-N-G-E-N-S dot com or head over to www.wingens.com. This phone number in the U.S. is 724-732-3338. You can also send an email directly to me, and I'll be glad to put you in touch with Thomas. My email is doug at heattreattoday.com. We're always interested in new Heat Treat Radio topics. Send me an email with what you find interesting so that we can cover it in a future Heat Treat Radio episode. Additionally, if you'd like to be a sponsor of a future episode, send me a brief email and you can bet I'll be in touch. Again, my email, doug at heattreattoday.com. Now, as I mentioned at the beginning of today's podcast, Heat Treat Today will be publishing eight print magazines this year, each one being a special annual edition. In February, the topic will be air and atmosphere heat treating systems. March will focus on aerospace heat treating. In May, the topic is induction heat treating. June is our first annual buyer's guide. Should be a huge and popular issue. August, the focus will be automotive heat treating. And of course, in September is the big ASM heat treat show issue 
uh, which will feature Heat Treat Today's 40 Under 40 Class of 2021. We round out the year with a November issue focusing on vacuum heat treating and a December issue highlighting medical heat treating and energy related heat treating. Each one contains articles from heat treat experts. Sign up now to receive all of these great issues. Go to www.heattreattoday.com slash subscribe. And make sure you register to attend Hubbard Halls and Safe Chems February 2nd webinar, Solving the Four Most Common Metal Cleaning Challenges in Heat Treatment. Go to www.heattreattoday.com slash safe chem webinar. This and every other episode of Heat Treat Radio is the sole property of Heat Treat Today and may not be reproduced in part or in whole without advanced written permission from Heat Treat Today. Jonathan Lloyd created and mixed most of the music that you heard today. See his professional work at www.jonathanlloydmusic.com. Thank you, Jonathan. Bethany Funk is the superlative Heat Treat Today radio podcast editor. Bethany, thank you very much. And Bethany is recently engaged. And I'm your host, Doug Glenn. Thank you for listening.